Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 425 of So You Want to Be a Writer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm your co-host and CEO of the Australian Writers' Centre, where you'll find writing courses and a wonderfully supportive writing community. I'm here with Alison Tate, also known as A.L. Tate, on this drumroll, launch day of like bazillionth book, The Wolf's Howl. How are you, Al? Well, obviously, I'm excited, Valerie, (laughs) because like, if you can't say you're excited today, then when can you say that you are excited? Yes. Congratulations on launch day. Thank you very much. Yes, this episode is dropping on launch day. I know, which is excellent timing. Like yeah, just, great timing. you know, random Tuesday and here we are. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. I'm very excited by that. Um, so I, I, you know my thoughts on you do know my thoughts on launch day, <laughs> on release day. We call it release day. Okay, yeah, you know how it day. works, right? Mm-hmm. In that you wake up in the morning and it's release day and you think that the whole world should come to a complete stop and throw <laughs> streamers at you when you walk down the street. And of course, it's like crickets, like nothing happens. Half the time the boys <laughs> half the time the boys don't even remember that, you know, it, today's the day. I have to remind them. And, you know, so this morning I reminded them by dancing around the kitchen with a book held above my head just so oh, that well they done. couldn't possibly forget. Um, <laughs> but I, I do want to say that if you would actually like to see what release day um, feels like, mm-hmm. uh, you can go to Alison Tate Writer on Instagram because I've been very busy, Valerie. <laughs> <laughs> Doing what? I've I've made a reel. Oh my goodness! I'm so modern. I can't believe how modern I am. I was so proud of myself. I'm so modern. (laughs) I've never made a reel. I know. Well, this is actually my third or fourth one. I practiced on the dog a bit because you know, like procrastinate puppies, brilliant reels kind of um, fodder. And I also had I made one a little while ago because the Your Kids Next Read team got together for a, a photo shoot for some things that we've got coming up, and I did a little behind the scenes of that. You know, practicing, right? Anyway, because mm-hmm. you got to learn. It's like anything; it's a new skill. Anyway, but wait, because I have created a reel, and it's all about the experience of release day for authors. And I would absolutely love it if you would go to Alison Tate Writer on Instagram and have a look at it. Okay, because it's. It's new for me, like, you know, be kind, you know, be kind. But it's new for me, but I'm quite excited about it. It was a lot of fun, but don't ever let anyone tell you that creating vaguely interesting content is not a lot of work because it, it took a bit of thought to make it work. And I I just have to give a big shout out here to my local contingent of uh, creative friends because they they did me a huge favour and you will see what that favour is if you go and have a look at the reel. Um, so huge shout out to my mates because they were amazing and continue to be amazing and you need support, you need your friends and these guys are, are always there for me and a huge shout out to them. So go and look at it just so I feel like someone's seen it, okay? Okay. Right. <laughs> That's exciting. Instagram, Alison Tate Writer. I know. Well, you know, you've got to have something to look forward to. Like I know that yes. sounds crazy. You know, the book goes out there and I should be just beside myself, and I am, but this is my eighth book and I know how it goes now and I know yes. not to even go to my local bookshop until, you know, my, my local bookseller rings me and tells me that they're there because the first time my book came out, I was on the doorstep at nine and they were like, well, oh. sorry, but the truck hasn't even arrived yet because, oh. you know, we're out in the regions. So that's what happens anyway. Wow. Okay. Mm. Well, I'm definitely going to head over and you might even inspire me to do my own reel. I think I've got, yeah, well, yes, I've got a, a, a couple of cats. 
you're in you're in lockdown. I know you're in, you're at yes. home, so I know yes. that your fodder for for sort of you know content excitement and inspiration is not quite as exciting <laughs> as mine at the moment. But um, but there's a challenge for you. I would like to see what you come up with, Valerie. All I, right. I do do one of those fast motiony painting things? They look amazing. Oh, there you go. Okay. There's an idea. Yeah. Maybe. Time-lapse, baby. Figure out how to time-lapse. All right. So, by the way, <laughs> listeners, if you do hear a little bit of background noise. Yeah, I'm so um, sorry. My Alison's neighbours have decided to chop down a tree. <laughs> right at but the moment we've... that we push, we push, let's do this podcast moment. Right. So I'm so sorry. I hope it's not too distracting. And it won't last for long, I'm sure. I'm sure the tree will come down very soon. Any okay. minute now, right? So we want to give a big shout out to you guys, our listeners, because as of recording, we are at oh almost 1.8 million downloads. Uh, what? Yes, 1.8 million downloads. That's chasing down the 2 million mark. So hopefully we get there soon. We'll see. So wow. thank you to each and every one of you yes. for listening. Thank you for so listening. much for sticking with us for all this yes. time and all of those downloads. And I'm so impressed that you've listened to me say fair to middling so many times. <laughs> but it's, it's worth it for the I'm excited, right? Oh, for sure, for sure. Now, you've also got a big event on this week. All right, so a couple Online. of things I wanted to say about that. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who came to our block party because oh, yeah. what fun we had. I got that to was wear a, awesome. It was so much fun. I got to wear a sparkly crown and there's very <laughs> few places in my life that I can wear one of those. So mm. I just want to say thanks to everyone who came along to that because Val and I, like, I mean, I got to have a word of the week. So let's yeah. just put that out there right now. Um, but it was a lot of fun. It was brilliant to see you all in your party hats. Um, I hope that everyone who won the prizes, you know, enjoys the prizes that they received. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. We had a little bubbles and a little bit of a chat and a lot of laughs um, yes. and some terrific special guests, you know. So it was, a, it was I thought, you know, was, I thought it was great. I hope everybody else enjoyed it as much as I did. Yeah, absolutely. I had a ball and thank you for all of the feedback we've received on the blog party. It was so great getting your messages that you enjoyed it. So really appreciate it. And also Alison mentioned this, a special offer on the blog party, didn't you, Al? Oh, I did. Yes. for the And it's for the whole, so you want to be a writer community. So if you couldn't make the yes. blog party and you're listening now, if you go to alisontake.com forward slash howl, um, I have an offer on there where you can buy a signed copy of The Wolf's Howl uh, which will be mailed to an Australian mailing address. Sorry, only Australia because the postage kills me otherwise. Um, to an Australian mailing address with a special postcard. And you will also receive a link to a special uh, 10 minute, actually 13 minute, because I couldn't stop talking, uh, video where I share my top 10 tips uh, for kids. No, top five, I think it is. I couldn't fit 10 into 13 minutes. Uh, top five tips for kids. Um, you know, writing tips for kids. So if um, if you've got sort of, you know, it's probably something useful in there for you as well if you're an adult. Um, but if you've got kids in your life who love writing or would like to write better, it is uh, something that they would probably find quite useful. Um, so, yeah, so alisontake.com forward slash how and you can, um, you'll can you get the book and you will also get the video. So I hope that's interesting to you. Awesome. All right, so let's move on to our competition this week. 
We have three copies of The Echo Chamber by John Boyne to give away from the author of The Heart's Invisible Furies and The Boy in the Striped Pyjamas comes John Boyne's latest novel powered with his characteristic humour and razor-sharp observation. The Cleverly family live a gilded life, little realising how precarious their privilege is, just one tweet away from disaster. George the Patriarch is a stalwart of television interviewing, a national treasure, his word, and his wife, Beverly, which means she's Beverly Cleverly, a celebrated novelist, <laughs> although not as celebrated as she would like, and their children, Nelson, Elizabeth, Achilles, various degrees of catastrophe waiting to happen. Together they will go on a journey of discovery through the jungle of the modern living where past presumptions count for nothing and carefully curated reputations can be destroyed in an instant. To err is maybe to be human, but to really foul things up, you only need a phone. So we have three copies of the Echo Chamber to give away. You could win one of those three copies uh, at writercentre.com.au slash win. Just follow the instructions. Entries close on the 9th of August. That's writercentre.com.au slash win. So now, Al, or specifically today, A.L. Tate, are you ready for the word of the week? Oh, I don't know. Does, yes, I've, you maybe, are. maybe AL <laughs> is more is more ready than Alison ever is. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. All right, AL. Distic. That's D I S T I C H. Distic. Do you know what that means? No. Okay. It's not like a dipstick, which is what you. <laughs> No, she liked it. Good joke. Such a distic. <laughs> that was such a that was such a dad joke. I can't believe you laughed. <laughs> oh, it's a group of two lines of verse, usually making complete sense in themselves, like a couplet. Um, so here's an example from Alexander Pope: "Tis education forms the common mind, just as the twig is bent, the trees inclined," or. If you prefer Dr. Seuss, I know it is wet and the sun is not sunny, but we can have lots of good fun that is funny. Mm, I like that one. Yeah, I like the next one the best. We made this one up in the office the other day. (laughs) I need to hurry to the loo because I want to do a poo. Oh, are you kidding me? (laughs) What are you, seven? (laughs) Like that's your favourite? Oh no! I'm sorry, but no. That yeah, okay. I think if that's you my are writing seven, end. that is fantastic, right? Yes. Wow. All right. So. Valerie Koo, CEO of the Australian Writers Centre, shares her poetry with us. <laughs> okay, so that is a distic, and that was the word of the week. This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre, a world leader in writing courses. If you'd like to write fiction for kids and teens, our five-week online course, How to Write for Children and Young Adults, will help you get there faster. Find your voice, create characters, dialogue and plots to fit your age group and write compelling stories that young readers will love, all in a couple of hours a week. You'll also enjoy the convenience of learning from anywhere and get your very own tutor providing personal feedback on your writing. Find out more at writercentre.com.au slash children's author.
All right. Now, our writer in residence this week, Al, do you know who it is? Oh, I've got a bit of a hint. (laughs) (laughs) A bit of a hint. Well, listeners, our writer in residence this week is A.L. Tate, and I'm pretty excited. I've heard she's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty excited because we've obviously interviewed Al before uh, about her writing journey and all of that, but what we're covering this week is seven must-dos to ensure excess I'm not pronouncing things properly, seven must-dos to ensure a successful writing career because this is Alison's eighth book now and I know a bunch of authors who've, you know, done a bit of a flash in the pan. They've either, they've written one, maybe they've written two and then they kind of drift off into other worlds. So this is all about the steps you need to take if you want longevity in your writing career. So who better to talk about it than Alison? So where do we start with this, Al? What's the first one? Well, obviously the first one is that you have to write a great book. Like you've got to write your first novel. It has to be a great book. Um, You have to absolutely love it. And I'm going to say that because – Uh, It's really important that you absolutely love it because you are going to be talking about it ad nauseum for the rest of your life. So Mm -hmm. make sure you love it. Make sure that whatever it is that you've written is the thing that you want to be your first novel. And I know that sounds kind of strange, but I remember Mm. someone saying that to me at one stage about a different book that I had written. And the different book that I had written, um, you know, had been picked up by publishers and it was, you know, I've talked about it before. It was a, it was an adult novel um, and it was, you know, so it was publishable. It had been picked up by publishers and then it had lost its editor and there'd been a whole range of different processes that it had gone to and I had lot, begun to lose confidence in it. And my agent at the time, who was a fantastic um fantastic agent and a fantastic person who I'm still dear friends with. Congratulations, Sophie Green, on your new novel coming out this month. Um, Mm. But she said to me at the time, I want you to think really hard about this. Is this what you want to put out as your first novel? Because you only get one. You only get one first novel. And your first novel is going to be the one that is is, is going to set you up with the possibility of having a second because if your first novel does well, um, you know, you will have a much better chance of getting another novel up and running and that's something that's really important. Even if you get um, a sort of a two-book deal as part of your first um, your first novel contract, et cetera, um, you want to be someone that they're excited about having to do that second book with, not someone that they're contractually obligated to do that second yeah. book with. It makes a huge difference to how your journey goes. Um, and then the second thing that you need to do, and, and this is all part of my first tip, by the way, the okay. second tip that you, thing that you need to do as part of that writing a great book um, and loving it and all of those sorts of things, if you want to have a good sort of long writing career, you actually have to submit it. Now, I know, I know that sounds like, oh, really, Al? Is that what you're going to say? Mm-hmm. Oh, but don't even go there with the number of people that I have spoken to over the years who've written book after book, you know, written several books and haven't mm-hmm. actually put any of them out to publishers because they're not sure if they're ready. They're not, they're still tinkering with them. They're still tweaking bits and pieces. Um, there's one woman that I know, and I know she's probably going to be listening to this, so I'm not going to name her, but I am going to say it's definitely time. 
and you know who you are, it's definitely time because, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to submit it or you won't have a career. So what happens if you've got a couple of books on the boil and you're actually not sure, how do you determine which is the one that you want, that should be your first novel? The one that you love the most. The one that really, the one that that really, the one that really speaks to you, the one that you think mm. best represents your author voice. That one is the one. Yeah, and that also, and, and if you're thinking, oh well, they both kind of represent my author voice. I think it's also the one that um, is well excites you most. The one that um, the one that doesn't feel like a chore, and the one that. Um, well, as I say, Just, it needs to be the one that you're going to be happy to talk about forevermore. And, yeah. It also needs to be the one where you can clearly articulate to yourself and to a publisher or an agent where it sits on the bookshelf. That one. Yes. That's the and one. And well, I'll tell you what it should not be. It should not be the one that you think it should be. You know, no. oh, I should do that. Do the one yeah. that actually calls to you in your heart. Yeah. And that that's and that's something I will I will say, yeah, you, that's a great point because I've written about this before. You will sometimes ignore your best ideas mm. because they are not what you think you should be writing. Yes. yes. So if you've, you know, don't ignore your best ideas. Like I ignored the Mapmaker Chronicles for a good six months before the same agent, the one that I'm still dear friends with, um, said to me, have you got anything for kids? And mm. I said, oh, I've got this random idea about Mapmakers. But up until that point, I hadn't really been going to write it because it wasn't what I wrote. So Mm. don't ignore your best ideas and go with the ones that really speak to you. Love it. Okay. So what's the second thing that people need to do to ensure a successful writing career? All right. The second thing that you need to do is to get your author platform started. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked about this before. You need to do it before you think you need to do it. You need to do it before you can get started on it before you've even finished a book. But make sure that you've got somewhere um, in in the online space that you can talk about your work and talk about your books and establish yourself as an online presence as a writer. Because it's not necessarily about having 80 billion followers to make sure that, you know, that they're going to want to publish your book because you've got such a huge social media following. It's not about that. It's about having an engaged audience. Um, so numbers are not as important as having mm-hmm. that sort of engagement and having people talking to you. But what you want to have is somewhere online to talk about your work so that when your book does come out, you've got somewhere to take that information. Because if you leave it too late and wait until you know, your book's out or you've already got the deal or whatever, it takes time to build an engaged community of any kind. Mm. Um, You need to have a bit of trial and error as to which aspects of of an online platform are going to work best for you. So, you know, Facebook might work for you. Instagram might work for you. You might decide to go to TikTok and do BookTok, you know, like that's not (laughs) really anywhere I've Mm -hmm. been. But, you know, it's, it's this whole thing of like, establishing your name so you want to get your url sorted out you want alisontate.com or you know whatever insert your name.com you want to make sure that you've got your name secured on as many social media platforms as possible so that you um you have those you know secured ready to go for when you need them and you need to just start dipping your toe into those places 
finding your people, looking for, you know, conversations to be having, um, working out which of those you enjoy. Because if it's a chore for you, you won't do it. And I've seen so many sort of author platforms get started with the, you know, the foundations are there and they might sort of Mm. pour the slab, but then, you know, they lose interest because they find it too hard. They find it like wading through concrete. You don't want to do that. You want to find the aspect of it that is important to you. Now, the reason I say that you need to get in there and get this going is because if you want to have an ongoing writing career, you need a space where you can continue conversations about your work long after your Mm -hmm. two-week publisher publicity schedule is over. You have to be able to do it yourself. You have to have interested people. You have to have an idea of what kinds of things you're going to focus on within your sort of author profile, author brand. Like mine comes down to dogs, gardens, you know, (laughs) (laughs) writing, what you know, whatever. But, you know, figure out what those things are that you can – that you're happy to put out online. So it's not too personal, but it's enough for people to start to get to know who you are as a writer. Um, start early. It's it's really because it does take time. So that's my second tip. Mm, I think that's a good one. I think you, you've pointed out something that's really important. It's not necessarily about massive numbers. You know, no. you don't have to be Kim Kardashian. You don't have to have. No, I mean, it would help. I would, would love, I would love to have <laughs> 10 million followers. If you'd like to follow me everywhere and just boost me up a bit, that'd be awesome. But no, but it's not about that because you only want people there who are interested in what you're yeah. saying and what you're doing because otherwise there's no point. You're, you're talking to an echo chamber and you don't want that. You want people who are going to talk back to you. It's, it's, yeah, it makes sure. a huge difference. And there's that great essay written by Kevin Kelly called A Thousand True Fans where the idea behind it is that you only need a thousand true fans, yeah. not just numbers, yeah. but a thousand true fans to basically support yourself, you know, as in have yeah. an income, have a full-time income if you have yeah. a thousand true fans. So, yeah, it's not, it, it is about engagement. All right, yeah. so number three, Al. All right. So you've submitted your book. You've got your author platform started. Now what you're doing is waiting because waiting is a very, very significant part of every author's career. It doesn't matter if it's your first book. It doesn't matter if it's your eighth book. You spend a lot of time waiting. You're waiting for editors. You're waiting for publishers. You're waiting for, you're waiting for things to happen. And what you have to learn to do is to wait actively rather than like stressing Mm. and checking your email inbox every 25 seconds and dwelling and wondering. Mm. You're going to do all those things. Trust me. Like like there's no way you're not going to do those things. But you Mm. also need to learn to do these things, you know, to be active. And one of the best possible things that you can do to distract yourself from wondering about whether a book is going to be taken up for public acquired is write another book. Throw yourself into the next project. Then there's a couple of reasons for this. One is that it, A, it gives you something else to focus on. Number two is that if that book does get over the line, that publisher is going to say to you, what else do you have? Because they also want to take on authors who are going to be able to build a career. If you say, I've just written this one thing and I've been working on it for 10 years, I mean, in some ways, the 10-year thing is, oh, there's a lot of care taken in that. But in another way, from a publisher's perspective, there's, oh, then how am I going to get a book a year or a book every two years out of you going forward? You know, like you've you've got to basically be working on other things so that mm. you've got you can say, well, I've got this other manuscript I've been working on. It's you know like this, and it's going to fit here on the bookshelf. So 
think about what else you've got. So keep working on manuscripts even while you're waiting to hear about um, the things that you have submitted because it's really, really important um, that you that you keep that. It just keeps your creative juices going as well. And you never mm. really know, like, because what might happen is that that book that you've decided is going to be your first novel goes to goes to a publisher and they come back and they say, look, it's not quite right for us. Have you got anything else? And maybe it's going to be book two or maybe it's mm. going to be book three that is the book that actually gets you over the line. Like so many authors that you will, you know, read any author interview and they'll say, um, you know, my first couple of manuscripts were, were soundly rejected, but this is the one that's got there and it's the third book I wrote or whatever. Mm. And everyone says, well, what about those first ones? Are you going to bring them out now? And most people will say, no, they are never going to see the light of day. <laughs> yes. So, you know, there's that aspect as well. So the things that you, other things that you can do while you're waiting and these, mm. I'll just talk you through. I've got a little list on my, um, on my blog, uh, mm-hmm. which I will share the, the links uh, in the show notes here. But I've got 10 things and these are the things I do. So the first thing I do is tidy my desk because it usually <laughs> looks like a bomb hit it after I've finished writing anything. So yeah. I clear it all off and dust the computer off like literally and then, you know, start, get ready for the next one. I update my blog, my website, whatever, because mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward online to oh. make sure any agents or whatever. I try to make, like it, it's honestly, yes. it doesn't take long for it to slip like today launch day I'm going to get onto my website I'm going to make sure that the website reflects the fact that the book is out now not that the book is coming soon which is what it's been saying for the last you know couple of weeks or whatever so make sure that your about page is up to date like just Mm. make sure everything's as schmick as it can be um, spend a bit of time on social media while you're waiting because you're, you're building that author platform. So make sure that you keep that going. Uh, other things that I do is, you know, I read other people's books because you've got mm, to yeah. re- you've got to fill that you know that creative well. I do the things that Valerie talks about, you know, with the creative dates. I you know when possible, I go to movies, I go to plays, I go to the ballet, I go to art you know art galleries. I I do things that are outside the realm of my usual you know routine because you don't ever really know what's going to spark that you know that that creativity for your next thing um I start making plans about what I'm going to do as far as you know what okay if this book gets over the line what happens then where am I up to what's it you know start thinking about the kinds of I mean even down to the point of start thinking about the kinds of questions that you might get asked in author interviews because Mm. I remember when my first book came out people kept asking me things like what was my favorite novel growing up as a kid and I, I couldn't respond. I couldn't answer the first time someone answer, asked me that because I wasn't mm. ready for the question. So think about those sorts of things. Talk to other writers. You know, use the time that you have there constructively because the thing you find as you build a writing career is that that time becomes, you know, more and more compressed become, mm. because your deadlines come closer and closer together and you need to basically be able to do all those things within a shorter space of time. So while you're in this position where you're, you're in the early stages, make the most of the time that you have there because it's, it's actually really quite precious. Yeah. Awesome. And I think that the, the thing about um, updating your website, oh my God, I went to an author's website day before yesterday because I wanted to get her latest book. I could not make head or tail <laughs> out oh. of which was the latest book. Oh, yeah. I just had no. I, I Put was, the latest one at no the top. No idea. No idea. Put the latest um, one at the top. 
And, you know, because it was an author that I don't regularly follow, but somebody recommended them to me. Obviously, if I regularly followed them, I would probably know. But someone recommended them to me. So I thought that's okay. I'm going to buy it because I was on a little book buying, online book buying spree. Um, I'll buy her latest book. And, yeah, could not figure it out for the life of me. So Mm. I didn't end up buying the book, of course. Um, Okay, What's the next one, the fourth one then? Okay, so the fourth tip for enjoying a long writing career is to learn to accept feedback. And I'm going to say Ooh. that it, it's so important. From who? You ha- from editors, from agents, from right. like people within the process. Um, I'm not talking about sort of, you know, the one-star review you get on Goodreads. I won't worry too much <laughs> about that. But like things where, you know, where it matters. So if you are, if you're, if you're in the, in the editing process and you get some feedback and some edits and you immediately want to flounce because how dare they not understand your genius, you are mm. not going to have a long writing career. So uh, publishers are looking for people that they can work with, and sometimes what they'll do with it with a um a, a debut author in particular uh, that they might be considering acquiring is that they will send you editorial notes um, before they take the book to acquisitions, and they will see how you respond to those notes, etc. Mm. What the pro how you how you go with the process of it. I mean, obviously, to make the book as good as it can be to get through the um, the acquisitions process because it's a pretty big process. Like it's not just um, at the, the publisher, it's not just the editor. You've got to get through the sales team. You've got to get like it's a big process that, that for a book to be acquired by a traditional publisher. So you need to understand um, what they're saying to you within the editing process and you need to um, learn to accept feedback and you need to take on board the bits of feedback that you, after you've walked away, cried, kicked the wall, walked the dog, which is pretty much mm-hmm. what I do, you need mm-hmm. to be able to come back and go, actually, you know what, this does make sense, this does not make sense. But yes. But it doesn't make sense for this reason. So if I was mm-hmm. to do X, then this would work. Now, I'm talking now like someone who has been through this process of 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 editing a um you know a work of fiction. Let's not even talk about the number of non-fiction things that I've you know edited in the past. But mm. I have been through this process like nine times now. So it's my eighth published novel, but I have done this with that novel that didn't get over the line in the end. And mm. I can tell you that that first structural edit that I did just about like took me apart and I'm someone who's used to being edited and the reason was I'd never edited um, 100,000 words of fiction before. I didn't understand what they were asking of me and I found it so difficult because I was – you know, every time I changed something at the beginning, it meant I had to change the whole end. I'd, I'd look, I just really found it difficult. It is something that it's never easy, but it is something that becomes easier the more you do it and the better you understand what it is that they're trying to achieve with a structural mm. edit. It's the structural edit mm. that, you know, kills everybody. It's not the copy or the proof or whatever. I mean, once you've done it a few times, you kind of see yeah. the whole thing. But um, so I've got, a, I've got a post on my website, which is pretty popular which is called Three Tips for Surviving a Structural Edit. Mm-hmm. And it's really quite important. And I think the first thing that I would say to you is when you get your first structural edit, think before you write um, because your instincts mm-hmm. will be screaming at you to either fire back an email saying don't be ridiculous mm. or to dive in and try to fix everything at once and do it as quickly yeah. as possible and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but the best thing that you can possibly do is receive the notes, read the notes, put the notes aside, walk around for a few days, 
come back, read the notes again, and then go for a very long walk and think mm. about the kinds of things that are in the notes. Because if your first instinct is always going to be to reject everything, don't be ridiculous, but you need to actually like think about what's going to happen, you know? And then mm. once you've done that, like I, in the, the particular instance I was talking about in the blog post I wrote, I'd spent four weeks thinking about the edit before I did anything. I, I didn't do anything mm. except do all the heavy lifting in my head, try to pull the things together that needed to come together, work out what sort of characters needed to be doing at different times and then come back and do it. Like your process may be different. You might need to write billions and billions of notes. It's, you know, it's everyone's got their own process and that's something that you don't really learn what your process is until you're doing it. Um, so, you know, do that. Now, so uh, the other thing is that generally speaking, you know, I write very quickly and, and I, I I try very hard, like because I'm not plotting, I'm trying to find out what's going to happen next. I get quite excited. And so I write quite quickly, generally speaking, um, mm. get the story down as, as quickly as I can. And then I edit slowly. So then mm. I go back and I edit slowly. And sl editing, edit, edit, if you edit like with painstaking care the first time, you're not going to have to do a billion of them and it's really worth doing that. So with a structural edit, you're concentrating on the story. It's all about does this story make sense? And so it, it takes care and consideration to make sure that you've got all the players on your chessboard where they need to be at any given time. Um, and the, the third thing that I would say is, and this is probably something that, you know, sounds crazy, but like use use an outline as you're editing use an outline like if you're moving your story mm. around in any way shape or form form either put everything on cards and move them around like that or keep writing an outline of the new plot as you go so you've got an idea and it just needs mm. to be in this scene this happens in this scene that happens in this scene you know whatever just so you've got an idea that things are progressing in a logical manner right that wow. was big that was a no lot no of talk. that was good that was Sorry, good team. All right, so you'll find the note, the link to that post in in the show notes as well. So the thing um, is that you've spoken about just then mainly structural edits on writing novels. What yes. I'm interested to know is obviously you've written nonfiction and I know I'm I'm pretty sure I'm not disclosing anything I shouldn't uh, by saying you've also ghostwritten yeah. um, uh, a particular book I'm thinking of of a fairly high-profile Australian and you, that's a non-fiction, essentially yeah. a ghost-written memoir. Yeah. Did you get a lot of editorial notes or feedback or, or on that? No, Valerie, I didn't. And the reason mm. I didn't was because with the non-fiction stuff is because I'd been training for 20 years to write those yeah. non-fiction books because mm. to me a non-fiction novel was a, a non-fiction book is a series of, of feature articles, you yes. know, work out what those feature articles are going to be under this particular topic, what are the angles on the different chapters and then go forward, you know, on that. So that that I did not find difficult at all because, you know, we mm. spent a lot of time working in newspapers and magazines and so that that made perfect sense to me. Making sandcastles out of words, which is what yeah. you basically do when you write a novel, is a whole different, you know, cup of tea. So you, mm. you've got to work out where you can take bits out without the whole castle, you know, collapsing yeah. in a heap. Um, and that it's a skill and it's a craft and it needs to be learned. And that's something that you learn even as someone who has, you know, written as much as I have and there's so yeah. many different things and been working with words for so long. Every aspect of it that you come to that's different 
is a new skill and it's the same you know you've got the same basic tools to work with but you've got to learn how to use them differently and that that um was really quite an interesting process for me because I I I do know how to edit but I didn't Mm. know how to edit a novel yeah (laughs) it's just like what yeah Yeah, it's the same tools but in one thing you're building a house and the other you're building a cruise liner yeah exactly okay so what's number five Oh, number five is a very simple one, and this is something that I. This is just. This is. There's no blog post. There's no discussion. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say this: enjoy the launch of your first ever novel, mm-hmm. and it, enjoy it in a way um, like really enjoy it, even if you're focused on the next one. Because when I look back on it, uh, on my like writing career, uh, my fiction career to date. I was so because I had the Mapmaker Chronicles. Uh, the first three came out within a year, so I had three. Then I had a year, and then I had another two, and then you know there was a little bit of a break, and then there's like two again within a year. So you you, you sometimes fail to stop and really appreciate what it is that you've achieved. And getting a novel published is a huge achievement. You know, whether you whether you put it out, you, you know, whether or not you indie publish it, whether it's traditionally published, publishing a novel is a big event and you need to really accept that you've achieved something really quite special. Um, I think when you're on social media and surrounded by writers all the time like I am and everyone's doing it, you sort mm. of like feel like it's, you know, like, well, clearly everyone's doing it, right? But they're not. They're actually not. And mm. so, you know, if you get the opportunity to hold a book in your hands with your name on it, then appreciate it and enjoy it. And I, that's something that I've really like, particularly in the last year with the Firestar coming out, because I did have a gap there where I didn't have a book for a couple of years. And so I think when the Firestar came out last year, it was like almost my second opportunity to go, oh, this is a this is brilliant. I'm so, mm. you know, I'm so pleased and proud of myself. And that's not something that we you know, we don't do that much, do we? We don't go, I'm really mm. proud of myself. But I was and and I still and I am for every book that comes out, I'm I'm, you know, quietly in my fair to middling kind of way. Um, <laughs> I'm proud of myself. And I, I think I encourage every author who ever manages to do it to be proud of themselves because it, it is a huge achievement. That's so it. That's on tip that five. though, no, I mean, I think that's a great tip, but on that, on, you know, really practically speaking, because people say that to me on things, you know, you should really just appreciate that you've done X or whatever. Uh, how? Because your mind is on 10,000 things. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. I'm just telling you, you should. And if anybody, if anybody actually comes up with a secret of how to enjoy it, it's been like your wedding day, you know, you get married and it's one of those things where it's been such a massive a event and you're, you know, yeah. like moving the seating plan around because this one's not talking <laughs> to that one or whatever. And you get there and you do the thing and then you like, you wake up the next day and go, oh, what just happened, you know? Yeah. And it's a bit – and that it's, it's a little bit like that. It's a similar okay. process, I think. So, yeah, but I, look, what I try to do these days, which I've never done in the past, is – I take a day off, like obviously not today, because today is mm. launch day or release day, <laughs> and you know, I've got a I've got a launch to plan for next week. I'll get it. So, but in a couple of weeks' time, I'm going to take a day off. I'm going to my husband and I are going to go, and we're going to have a posh lunch, and that we're just going to be like, how good's this? Because nice. I don't usually do it, you know. And I, particularly when the first book came out, I had you know quite small kids as well, mm. and you know I think I went to soccer practice or something, you know. Like so, I think it's it's kind of yeah, like tr- give yourself the, the space to make a little bit of an occasion of it somewhere along the line. Wonderful. All right. So what's the sixth one then? 
All right. So the sixth one, if you want to have a, a, a long a career with some longevity, is you need to learn the skills to continue to build your author mm. profile. Now, oh, yeah. I know. So you you so <laughs> you've set yourself up. You can't just set and forget. You have to be continually developing how you're going to, you know, what you want this sort of profile to do. What do you want to do with it? Do you want to be someone who speaks at literary festivals? Well, if that's the case, you have to actively pitch yourself for literary festivals or you have to agree to do mm. them. You've got to create workshops if you want to go out and and do that sort of thing. If you're, if you're speaking for, um, you know, talking to adults, uh, you know, you've written adult novels, think about where you can go with a with a a presentation or a workshop. If you're speaking, um, if you've written a children's novel, then, you know, learn the skills you need to speak in schools with confidence. Learn the skills that you need to create workshops that schools are going to want to have you there to do um, mm. and learn how to maximise those opportunities. So this, again, comes back to the social media thing too. Like I go to a school and I might talk to, if I do a workshop, I talk to 30 kids, but I make sure that you know, we, we, I, I promote the fact that I went so that, you know, it's not just those 30 kids who get to see that I was there, but other schools who might be interested in, in having an author go, oh, well, she went to that school and they look like they're having a good time, you know. So um, it's a matter of learning how to maximise the opportunities that come to you. Um, mm. It's a it's a, it's important to learn how to be interviewed. And I know we've talked about this in a not too, you know, it wasn't too long ago that we discussed that, um, but I've got a blog post for that. You need to learn how to um, to talk to radio, you know, radio and TV and wherever you've got to go to do whatever you've got to do, um, and learn how to make sure that you get your book into everything. Like it's a it's a practice thing where politicians do it, you know, like get the three-word slogan if that's what you need to do. Um, so, you know, learn the skills that you need to do that. Learn how to guest post successfully for other people's blogs. And by successfully, I mean make sure that if you're going to all the trouble of writing a post for someone else, make sure that there is something in it for you as well. Make sure mm. that you get your links in there. Make sure that you mention your book I mean, you know, mm. Val, how many times have we seen it where people will submit to us and not mm. mention their book, at um, all? all of those things. So um, and it's an ongoing process. It's like continual learning. You don't just write the book and then the world opens up to you. You have to be continually, particularly if you want, a, a, you know, longevity in your career. Yeah. Um you know, like I hear, I'm here talking to you guys every single week on the podcast and it's, it's because I love it. Um, but it's also because it allows me to continue, you know, to talk about the things that I do. So, um, it's, it's about looking for opportunities where you can and learning the skills you need. And if you're not confident with, you know, public speaking or any of those sorts of things, you know, join Toastmasters, go to a course, do something mm. that will allow you to learn the skills to be able to do it because you can't sit in a garret as a writer anymore. You just can't. And I think, you know, it's it's sort of like you don't – I'm not saying for one minute that you've got to hit the speaker's circuit in your first week. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm just saying learn what you need to have the confidence to do what you need to do because being an author is not just writing the book. There's a lot more that goes with it than that. And I will add, for goodness sake, if you want longevity in your writing career, get some photos done. 
Oh, yes. Don't just rely on your wedding photo or the photo with your your grandkid or, you know, some crappy photo taken, you know, by, by, by a family friend gets, if you actually want longevity in your writing career, get some photos done. So you have some decent photos for your website, some decent photos for social media, and most importantly, some decent photos from the to, to be published in the media because take it from, I'm sure I speak on behalf of Alison, take it from two people who've worked in the media and written for magazines and newspapers for decades is that often you will get more coverage if you have a good photo. I know, Without it's sad doubt. but true. And I, I'm mm. going to put this out there too because I hate having my photo taken. I have always hated it. It is something that I've never been comfortable with and I've really disliked video for a very long time. I mean, you wouldn't think it to look at me now, making reels. But <laughs> I will say this, you get better at it the more you do it. And mm. I'm really lucky because I've had Valerie dragging me by the hair into doing a lot of these sorts of things over the years. Find a friend who will make you. That's all I'm saying. Who will drag your hair. Who will drag you by the hair because I've always been like, oh, I hate video. And Val's like, look, you just need to like blah, blah, blah. So here I am doing live streams and here I am doing things. And now I'm so used to doing that stuff. Mm. I don't even look at myself anymore because I used to look at those things and just fixate on how terrible I looked in absolutely everything but now I don't even see it because Mm. it's it's just become part of what I do so if you are also like that and I know that there's a lot of people listening there out there to me who would just be going I hate photos I hate video I, I can't possibly do that I have always been like that as well and it is something that the more you do it the the more sort of desensitized to the whole process you become but it's worth it it is worth it. I I, I mm. will say it is worth it. And um, but that's why I'm saying, you know, mm. do it because it, mm. it, as much as you dislike it, it's all part of the process and it's all part of your career. Like it's a mm. stepping stone in your career. And having a decent photo is just one of those things. Yeah, it's a basic fundamental, in my opinion. Yeah, I know, Valerie. You've been telling me that for years, Valerie. See what well, I'm you've saying? got great photos. I do. <laughs> See what I'm saying though? This is the voice I live with. People I hear it all the time. Valerie right. in my ear. What's the seventh one? All right. The seventh one, if you want to have uh, longevity as a writer and have a long writing career, is write another book. Just keep oh, writing. Yeah. Even yeah. if the book. Yeah. Because here's the thing it is a dream that once you are over the line of being a published author and you have your first book out, that that's it. Everything you write from here on in is gold and you are therefore going to be just multi published because, just because. Not the case. The case mm. is that. Every single thing you write is maybe not quite right at that time or maybe a little bit too different to what you have been doing or maybe, you know, for whatever reason, the publisher that you're working with is not, you know, doesn't want to publish that particular book. Maybe the sales of your last one weren't what they were hoping for. So you've got to reassess and reinvent and try something different and write another book. And that's all you can do is just keep writing books. As I said, I've got like three or four at the moment that, I, um, that I've been working on for a little while that are all just sitting there, not published yet. But, you know, if I manage to get them right, they will be. But if I don't manage to get them right, they won't be. And that's unfortunately the way of it. And all you can do is just keep writing because the writing is the key to it. The writing and loving the writing process and just wanting to kind of explore that new idea and follow that new character and create some new thing that didn't exist before, that's why you do it. And if you maintain that love, then that's the key to having a a great writing career as well. Brilliant. Fantastic. I love it. I Yeah, 
That That's really cool. I think that there were so many value bombs in that. Seven must-dos to ensure a successful writing career. Would love to know what you guys think. So make sure that you let us know in the Facebook group. If you haven't yet joined the Facebook group, uh, just search for So You Want to Be a Writer podcast community and uh, request to join. It's free to join. We'd love to have you in there. It's so many great conversations and I just love everyone in there. Yeah, uh, no, so make sure, make sure you join. And, of and course, also all of those all of those links that I mentioned that I was just yes. rabbiting on about will be in our show notes, which we will show find notes. at Valerie. So you want to be a writer.com.au. Perfect. Look at you. Mm. Barry yes. Girl. <laughs> uh, and finally, what are you going to leave us with, Al? What? As You're going to remind us. <laughs> what am I going to remind you? Oh, about my launch. <laughs> oh, my God. This is also why I work with Valerie oh because God. otherwise I would forget my name. Um, okay, so I have a uh, for kids. This one is just for kids. I have a, a special really cool. event. Which is really cool. How cool is that? Yeah, An event uh, for kids. Um, just for kids. It is a live on Zoom author talk and book launch with A.L. Tate. It is on the 10th of August at 6 p.m., which, I, as someone reminded me, is census night. So something oh. for the kids to do while you fill out the forms maybe. Yeah. Um, but it is for all kids who love to read and write. I am going to be talking about The Wolf's How, but I'll be sharing the secrets for kids of creating brilliant stories, where I get ideas, how I create vivid characters, you know, all of the various things, um, and I'll be telling them how they can do it too. I'm going to have a good section for, for Q&A. Uh, there will be prizes, like, you know, you can't go past a prize, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and tickets are $25 and they include a copy, a signed copy of The Wolf's Howl, a signed postcard and a Zoom link to attend the event. Uh, parents and siblings, of course, are welcome to also attend the event from their living rooms if they wish to. Um, and the uh, the Zoom link, the Zoom will be recorded so the kids will have it to refer back to if they want to. Um, so we'll put the link in the show notes, but you will find details at alisontate.com forward slash launch. alisontate.com forward slash launch. Look at me with my short URL. I'm so <laughs> proud of myself. That's Thanks, so Rob. fab. That's so I fab. Like to have I think it will be kids. very fun. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think it's, um, you know, it's, again, it's, I haven't, I haven't done this before. Again, we talk about, you know, learning new skills, always learning new skills. And I think this is going to go really great. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, sharing it with kids who hopefully will love it. Brilliant. All right. So uh, this brings us to the end of this week's episode. What are you doing in the coming week apart from many activities? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I'm going to be paying some attention to my poor dog who's just been completely oh. like I've been so busy. So Procrasty Pup and I will be spending some quality time together. Um, mm-hmm. And what else am I doing? I'm just still, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still unpacking boxes, Valerie. Like, oh, my oh, God. You know, the house mm-hmm. move. Yeah, I know. But the house move is is an ongoing process. But we're nearly, we're nearly there. So we're nearly there. Fantastic. Well, I what are you doing? Your, well, your mention of procrastinate pup reminded me to say that um, some people, in case they missed it at the block party, asked, "What is Valerie's cat wearing?" Oh, <laughs> and I yes. very briefly mentioned <laughs> that he was wearing a nappy, but I thought that might be a bit confusing to people. I'm not putting a nappy on him just for fun or anything. He's, you know, slightly incontinent, and there's these great cat diapers that you can get and um yeah that's why he wears a nappy so I just thought I'd mention that so you don't think that I'm just putting it on because you know 
for some weird other reason. Mm. Okay, there you go. Okay, thanks. all right. Let's leave it on that <laughs> note, shall we? <laughs> Where do we find you online, Al? You'll find me at alisontate.com, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-T-A-I-T.com. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Writer and on Twitter at altate, A-L-T-A-I-T. And you, Valerie, where do we find you? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram, where I will be taking up Alison's challenge, an attempt to do my first reel. Um, and also you find me at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find the show notes at writercentercomau slash podcast or sign up for our awesome and often hilarious weekly newsletter at writerscentercomau slash news where you'll find writing resources, giveaways, competitions and much more.